Today we're sitting down with Lisa Lee, founder of The Chi, bringing you one-of-a-kind whole flower infusions. So many of us have found ourselves entrenched in our concrete jungles, deep in our digital worlds that even I can't remember the last time I was simply barefoot. As a quick side note, if you've got a backyard, are pretty rural in where you live, or even just have a small plot of land, then by all means, shed those shoes, socks, and let your feet relish in that dirt. Earthing, as it's called, defines our direct physical contact with the Earth's surface, hence its mobile electrons, internally establishing a bioelectrical environment that helps regulate the body's systems. I just wanted to drop that in there. Note, I am jealous of you and your dirt. But, then again, there are those of us who don't have this luxury. And as one who grew up in Western Scotland, barefoot and wild, think Disney's brave. I'm always looking at ways to bring the nature back in. Take Lisa Lee, a woman after my own heart, founder of the Chi, bringing us organic whole flowers for your tea sipping, tonic concocting pleasures. Rose, lotus, and chrysanthemum, single flowers with a multitude of benefits. The Chi is this overarching conception of something that, with beauty and grace, addresses this need for us to reconnect with our Earth's resources, with those around us, ourselves and yet still manages to speak to our modern-day demand for efficiency. Harvested once a year in western China, between 5 and 8 a.m., so as to secure peak nutrients, essence, and aroma, Lisa is working with family-owned farms to share these little but mighty blooms so that we may share externally, care internally, and, you know, kick back a little. Anise Nin said it best. The day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. This is The Chi with Lisa Lee. A quick heads up, we're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from New York City in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, how would I describe myself as a person? That's deep. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I guess I'm very curious. I love learning. It's literally, as just I was thinking right before we hop on the phone, I was like, okay, if I win the lottery, I would love just, you know, take classes and keep learning and read books and things like that. Um, and I also think that I'm very um, giving sometimes to a fault I think I get that from my mom and my grandma like they're both very kind and sometimes they put themselves last um and I try to be very aware of that because sometimes that could backfire um let's see what else I love design um maybe that shows through a little bit from the chi I love things that are beautiful like about experiences um I'm a big animal person I have a dog and I love him to death I've learned so much from him um (laughs) and I love nature I think you know a lot of people who are into whether it's wellness or gentle living I think there's a huge component where um you know people just really really love nature so that's definitely me as well you know yourself so well oh Ah, uh, not nearly. I think it's a, it's a work in progress, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like a constant discovering 
self-discovering and learning about who you are as we as we get older um and yeah just like becoming aware i've learned a lot actually just in the past year like more yeah more than a lot of the years combined why would you think that like have there been any any factors in your life or events that have led to this like absolutely i think anytime when you're trying to um like not jump but like go somewhere that's like bigger or very different whether that's like changing directions in your career or personal life in life it just requires a lot of personal or professional and professional growth so last year um i started doing research the beginning of the year on the chi trying to figure out what that looked like so i grew up in asia maybe i'll backtrack a little bit to give yeah, you a little yeah. even more origin story of the brand or the company so i grew up in asia and early Herbalism, it's like in my blood. It's very much part of who I am, my upbringing. Um, my grandma used to cook, you know, homemade meals, every meal, three meals a day. And herbal remedies was basically what we had. Even, you know, you feel a little under the weather. That's like what you had before you touched any Advil or antibiotics, just herbal remedies. Like, and they're all homemade. Wow. Um, so I grew up in that environment. What does her craft look like? Because here, everyone's always kind of reaching for tinctures or, um, yeah, I even know that aspirin it actually stems from traditional Chinese medicine as well. What did those kind of elixirs and potions look like? Yeah, so I think we've come a long way and it's gotten very um, sophisticated and scientific nowadays, especially here, I feel like. Back then, you know, like when I was growing up, it's very, it's very humble. It's very down to earth. It's literally my grandma, um, what now being perceived as adaptogens or super herbs, such as goji berries or reishi, um, things like that. That's just like everyday food, honestly. Like oh, that's wow. just like, like something you ate on a, on a general basis. Like also what's now known as a bone broth. Back then, it's just called soup. Um, you would have a whole chicken and that would, you know, bone broth. And you also add goji berries and reishi or ginseng, like these super nourishing adaptogen um, herbs into this whole thing. And you just drink it. That's like your diet. You know, that's like part of everyday eating. And, and now it's completely been commodified into something that is not accessible at all to everyone when really well i mean yeah people can look at their basic pantry staples and you can really do a lot even with only knowing 10 herbs you can really really work with that and that's sometimes all one needs but it's ridiculous that things such as the ingredients you're mentioning people are just capitalizing on it and making it not so immediately accessible to the masses I think, yeah, I think it's very confusing nowadays, um, you know, for, I think for the average person, it's just a lot, like you have all these different things, the different companies or different brands marketing different things at you, and sometimes it's very overwhelming trying to navigate, like, what does that mean for me as an average person? I just want to be healthy, you know, living a pretty, um, well-balanced uh, lifestyle. Even that, it's like, how do I do that? 
Yes, yes. It's I mean, people they want <laughs> they want to eat well, but they don't necessarily know how to cook for themselves or they don't know how to go uh -huh. to sleep anymore and then all of a sudden they're being bombarded with all these shiny wellness products and it's almost like they're skipping the very basis of taking care of themselves and yeah, they're completely overwhelmed with adaptogens and like not, not even like adaptogens it's just yeah. yeah it's like they want to sleep faster but there's just emfgs and all these waves the blue light and everything that we're constantly dealing with and <laughs> the list just goes on yeah. it's crazy absolutely and you know yeah it really is and i think you know women like modern women it's it's like the more pressure more pressure than ever on us in a way that not do we have to think about like what it means to have a family but also like career and what's going on all over the world it's just a lot yeah you know it's like a lot going on and then you throw in okay how do you take care of yourself through all this crazies it's yeah and Oh gosh, then I, then it's even going further into it's like we look at the mineral de depletion in our soils and food security and actually yes. we need to look at food combining because we're not getting enough from our foods anymore and how we can best observe, yeah, and it's just, it gets stressful to a point and I think that's really where, that's really where I loved the chi and what you're doing because it is... A simple product and it's it's like it's right there it's just a whole flower and it's just it's slowing down it's not 10 powders that you need to whisk into Lord knows your coffee or a smoothie or whatever <laughs> I need to know like okay well this is for this this is for this and you just sit with it yeah. and you just yeah you, you literally steep in it that's why I, I was very drawn to the uh -huh. G but I'd love to know a little oh, bit more I'm so glad. Thank you. behind the company and how this kind of all started, what those building blocks looked like and the initial concept. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to, you know, my upbringing. So before um, last year when I was researching, I, I worked in fashion for 10 years and I just felt pretty burned out. Like I was pretty stressed out and I felt like my well-being was the last thing I thought of or, or took care of myself. And a lot of people, like my friends and family around me, I also saw that a lot of people were really stressed out in life, you know, whatever that means, whether that's like family or career, but just there weren't that many media outlets at the time that showed a lot of how to take care of yourself, you know? So that's the beginning of like, okay, I need to go back to my upbringing and figure out how can I live better and take care of myself. And then I just went down this rabbit hole doing research, books after books after books and going on these trips, figuring out sourcing. And when I went to China, last year early last year and i came across these flowers and these flower infusions just is something i have never had or never seen before and they're so beautiful and they're very tasty to me and everyone has a different palette but it's just they're so pure they're just like 
edible organic super herb medicinal flowers and there's nothing else you pour some hot water and you infuse it you have just a beautiful moment it's just a moment for yourself to whether that's like healing or nourish yourself just for a few minutes a day um and then the rest of kind of the history just bringing here doing our own lab testings here in the u.s because we wanted to work with small farms that are family owned but they don't have the resources to get certified organic organic certification uh so just a lot of back and forth but um yeah we we tested they have zero pesticide and we and we're here and we launched about three months ago yeah that's definitely something i want to get into later the the certifications and the protocols behind getting organic approved. But for now, I know that for many, it's a ritual in the craft. Tea is just really acknowledging oneself and taking that time. And as we're all slowing down and we're really seeing that being reflected across the spectrum where industries are concerned, but within our own lives and your own, how do you feel that this is relevant with regards to your gut and intuition? Again, I think it's just, it's honestly, it's just something I needed for myself. Like it really started from, I needed to take care of myself better. I needed to slow down because I was driving myself crazy and everything else going on in my life were not helping. Um, So the brand is very much about women taking care of themselves myself included how can we better take care of ourselves and this initial image in mind how did you i mean i'm i'm completely mind boggled at the enterprise that the concept proposes because you're addressing like even the the sourcing of the product like let's get into the sourcing of the product what were those more steps that were broken down like even the funding behind the sourcing how did you kind of navigate that Sure. It's very much bootstrapped. It's basically all my savings I have poured into this. We have no outside investments. It's just really me. Uh, um, back into the sourcing part of the question. So I just, you know, went on a trip. I went to China. I went to a place that's near Shangri-La, uh, which is very much west of China. That's near bordering um, Malaysia, Tibet. Uh, I believe. <laughs> don't don't quote me on it. It's basically the very western of China. I'll need to look at the map again. But it's really the the place itself. They're also very pure. So it's these high mountains. Is actually the origin of tea, where tea comes from, and they have these like magical thousand year old tea trees. Um, it, it's just like a really beautiful sort of untouched place. Um, and I met the Rose Farm owner, this lady, and yeah, kind of just like, this is so beautiful. I, I need to bring this to the world, if not at least to, you know, back to New York. Um, and then we just figured out, you know, what does that mean in terms of like, um, getting certifications, as I mentioned earlier, they it's very costly and it's a lengthy process. It takes about three years to get it certified. So 
we figured we can just bring small batches of sample here to the U.S. and do our own U.S. lab testings against pesticide. This way, we know for sure, okay, it's 100% organic because it has zero pesticide. Like, we know how pure these you know, products are because at the end of the day, quality is everything. Going to labs, that partnership, is that something that um, you have to go through the USDA or is that something that you have to do within your own agenda? Our own agenda. It's actually really shocking how little or how um, not as strict the USDA can be. The labeling regulation is very um, black and white per se, in a sense that they have very, okay, you have to have weight, you have to have the name, what it is. And if you're calling it, say, a, a supplement, you need to have a supplement chart. So that labeling regulation, it's, it's a whole different um, thing altogether. But we are not required to do pesticide testing or third-party lab testing. That's just something we want to do and guarantee ourselves for our customers. Even between, as you said, like the, the labeling, it's, I feel a lot of people get lost between non-GMO, all natural, and there's organic, and then there's, yeah, artificial fragrance-free. I mean, the classifications go on. Did you think about going further into the terms that the product would claim, or what did that procedure look like? So on the front of the box, we actually, um, the only flower out of the three that came with certification, it's the chrysanthemum. So on that, we say organic. And then on the back, we'll have like a little symbol. But the other two on the front, we don't even say organic because they don't have official certification. But on the back, we can say under ingredient, it's organic. And the thing with rose is that it's more organic than organic green tea, but it has a very small amount of pesticide, so we cannot say it's organic. There's just a lot of fine prints, like in terms of labeling regulation. Honestly, it's just like so much research. It's just reading, trying to figure out what is compliant and what it's not with the labeling regulation, and what can we claim, what can we not claim, and then to have a disclaimer, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even begin to grasp. And the fact that you had to, you had to source labs in your own time as well. How did you even approach sourcing labs? Like that's an entire, entire space in itself. Did you have people that you could contact um, that you already knew within this, I don't know, community, I guess you could maybe call it? Or was it just literally like Google help me out? A little bit of both. I definitely Googled a lot of things. And then also, I would look at some other brands out there. And if they had a uh, company they used for whether it's like organic certification or things like that, I would look it up. I was like, okay, maybe I can look into this and see if this is a good lab for me to use for my testing as well. So a combination of the two. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, this is veering off track a little bit, but now that you've kind of gained firsthand experience with regards to the USDA, USDA organic regulations, do you feel you're better prepared when entering, say, the grocery store and navigating labels? Like, how has seeing more of behind the scenes impacted 
the way that you buy, yeah, buy your food or your products in general? Good question. Um, I think you know, even before the tea started, I was always someone who's pretty obsessed with organic produce or just high quality foods uh, in general. Um, I don't know if has made a huge difference or impact on how I buy grocery nowadays. But I definitely, I definitely feel more educated. So like I and from just talking to people, also a lot of people don't understand when when something is labeled organic, it does not mean that it has zero pesticide. It means that it's a below certain threshold. By the USDA, like they would depends on what category, what the you know vegetable say banana, they will have say it has to be under, for instance, zero point zero five percent pesticide, or for I don't know strawberries, it's a different threshold. Every everything has a different benchmark. None of them mean zero pesticide. It just means it's under a certain number. So that's、uh, something I learned. <laughs> Okay, and so what are your? Do you have any tips or tricks for when you go grocery shopping? I live in New York. There's like very store options we have near me. There's like a Trader Joe's, and then I have a Whole Foods. Oh, Whole Foods. And then I have a couple of like very small, yeah, like a very small mom and pop, um, like a small kind of like bodega situation. When I go to grocery store, I usually have a pretty good idea of. Like what I want already, I'm not one of those people who like to like wonder explore. I would just go and pick up whatever I need. Less of like, oh, I'll try this because I haven't seen this kind of thing.、Um, so I don't know if I'm a very good example or a person to ask <laughs> about that. But I do have a trick. I'll, I'll, okay, yeah, yeah, I do have yeah. a trick. I'll share <laughs> for fresh produce like fruits and vegetables. If I'm on a budget, I will pick things that don't have skin. For instance, strawberries. Like I, I eat the whole thing. Those I'll make sure that I get that are organic. If it's bananas or oranges, something that have skin that I can peel off, I'm okay with getting not organic. So that's just like one thing. Sometimes I'll 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 do. Okay, and kind of going back to your roots as well. Were there any recipes that your family leaned heavily on in your childhood, or maybe even ingredients that you really, really miss in the U.S. just it it just doesn't stand up to what was available in China? To be honest, when I first moved here, like the fruits and vegetables taste tasteless. There was like no flavoring. Whatsoever, because everything is genetically modified.、Oh. And at the time, I was like a teenager. I didn't know any. I didn't know any better. I had no idea that it's very different.、Um, I think you know nowadays, like people are really into farmers market now, right? Because they want local,、um, fresh, and organic, and things like that. But I think when I was growing up in China. There is no genetically modified anything. It's just everything is local because they're all small farm, like you know, like people who have their own little farms that they bring to the、uh, the little market. Like there are no giant supermarkets. Everything is kind of like in this huge hall or outside in the summertime.、Um, so 
Yeah. So when I came here, I was like, "Why? I don't understand. Everything is beautiful. Everything is very beautiful looking, and it's perfect. Like bananas are giant, or apples are perfectly round, but it's tasteless." Oh, and then and then a week later, well, not even a week. It's like it just kind of looks the same, or it it's kind of sketchy. And yeah, it I, doesn't. Yeah. Right. It would last. And you think you know, like three weeks later, it still looks the same. I'm like, yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, when did McDonald's kind of translate into my fresh produce, or even the way it rots? It the way it rots isn't even natural anymore. Yeah, I try to you know get organic or go to the farmers market as much as possible. And also, there was another question you asked. So like. There is one recipe my grandma used to make. I actually literally sent a version to a friend yesterday who was not feeling well. I'm happy to send it to you. It's basically <gasps> a combination of bone broth and adaptogen, meaning it's a whole chicken and you slow cook it for two plus hours, and then you also include mushrooms, goji berries.、Um, Dates. I can send it to you. It's amazing. Like when I'm yes, sick、please. or anything, I just drink that. I cook it and I drink it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that recipe. Okay. So we've kind of gone a little bit off track, but back to the chi. So while this is all going on, are you a one woman show or you've just been sitting there like googling, like traveling, like doing all this by yourself or? Did you have anyone that was kind of your a team member? Yes, yes, I、um, I had a founding member,、uh, so I was looking for a co-founder pretty aggressively back in July last year when I was like lining up the, the you know the the operation side and the supply side of things. Um, so I found a founding member, and we worked for about six months or so together. But unfortunately, she is no longer with the company.、Uh, but my husband helps out,、um, so it's me and him. And then I hire freelance help, you know, when I need it. Have you found that working with freelancers has it been difficult? Because I know that talking to women who are they're really helming their own brand. Um, they really want someone on their team that is representative of what they're putting out there, and that they really carry that ethos of the brand across. What's that look like? And also, where do you find your freelancers? Are there any like websites that you source them from? Um, <clears throat> yes, actually, I have a really good source.、Um, there is this group on Facebook called Dreamers and Doers. I don't know if you have heard of it. No.、Uh, Um, but it's it's women, you know, who freelance or looking for side hustles or just part time work, and there are many very talented and qualified people in all different、um, areas, whether that's like photography or copywriting or branding, everything you can imagine, or social media. So I, if I'm looking for someone, a lot of times I will post、uh, a gig on that on that group. Oh, also, <clears throat> I work out of the wing. Is this a co-working? Oh yes, the、uh, wing. Women-only space. Yeah. So also, other times I either just like, meet people and I'll ask people I know I'm looking for.、Um, you know, again, for instance, if I'm looking for a copywriter, I'll just say, "Hey, do you know anybody、uh, who might be 
interested in helping with this kind of work. And, you know, it's like friends of friends, like referrals, if you will. So that's usually really good. Yeah, it's always great when you just have like a good core group of ladies around you and it's word of mouth. And just community. Community is absolutely so important. Yeah, you need it. I, we all need it. You know, it's so, it's everything. It's so important. Like where you you have it, this group of people who you can support each other in everything that you do. Yeah. Okay. So backtracking towards the start of the conversation a little because I know that there's the rose tea, the lotus, and the chrysanthemum. Yeah. And so, do you source? these flowers from separate farms yeah exactly they're from different regions oh wow because the zoning like for each flower it's different so different mountain different area it's known for different flowers and so when it comes to harvesting as well i that it has to be done at a certain period uh during the day and Mm -hmm. and yeah oh my gosh okay um and what is that on a nutritious level? What health benefits can we correlate to the rose, the lotus, and the chrysanthemum? Oh my God, so many, so many good things. Um, the rose is our most popular flower um, currently, and I think it's because it's the most familiar for a lot of people. And the rose is also in a lot of skincare or body care so I think it's known for vitamin A, C, and E and actually they're all super packed with powerful antioxidants all the flowers Um, the rose it's known for you know really amazing skin and hair it helps with your immune system it aids digestion when you ingest it it actually promotes better sleep and reduces period discomfort so if you're on your period, the rose is a really good one to drink. And it's also anti-inflammatory. Ooh, maybe pair that with a little bit of chocolate for magnesium and you're good to go. Absolutely. And the lotus is really rich in collagen. Oh, we love collagen. Yep. <laughs> we can all use a little collagen in our life. And the chrysanthemum? Maybe just like really briefly, everything, I don't know how much you're into like herbalism or oh, herbs. Oh, very, very so much a so. a lot of herbs are very. Okay, so you might have heard that uh, each herb will have their own energy, whether that's like cooling or warming. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Okay, so the rose and lotus are more warming. The chrysanthemum is more cooling. So, for instance, if in the summertime, um, the, chrysanthemum, the chrysanthemum is very good for internally cooling. Um, it also means that it increases your metabolism. Like, it, it helps you reduce the heating in a person. Would you think that would be nicely paired with hibiscus? Yeah, so all of these three, you can even pair them all together or with other herbs. Like, for instance, a chrysanthemum, I would actually... Goji berries have a warming energy, so when you combine it, you kind of neutralize it, and I drink it just like a lot of times after a big dinner. It helps digestion really well. Like when you eat, if I have a huge uh, dinner that includes like whether it's chicken or red meat, I'll have the chrysanthemum with uh, goji berry at the end of it. And what other favorite ways do you like to prepare your tea? I'll add honey or sometimes brown sugar. And if I'm feeling fancy, I'll chill it. So I'll make it hot and put it in the fridge for three hours or so. And then I'll add either like sparkling 
sparkling anything, sparkling water or sparkling champagne if we're celebrating. Um, yeah, it's it's an ingredient. There are many different things you can add to it. Do you have any favorite herbs? I'm a huge fan of goji berry. Yes,、yeah. and yeah, and a dates and ginger. I love ginger.、Um, I also like ginseng, and but that's something you know. According to traditional Chinese medicine, like that's something it's better if you're a little older.、Um, oh, why is、yeah. that? It's it's very. Warming, for lack of better words, meaning when you're young, you're like hot because you have a lot of energy. So it's better to have or drink things that are more cooling. So when you're older, you need things that add energy versus like help you balance. So everything is about a balance, basically. It's like how do you balance the cooling and the warming? Okay, so. On a broader spectrum, how do you? I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, how do you keep that balance in your life? Like, what other elements do you implement to keep the cooling and the warming on like a, a good wavelength? Yeah,、um, and also depends on the seasonality. Like in the winter time, it's like really cold, so you should drink and eat things that are very warming for you because it's combating, you know, like. This harsher environment on the outside. So in the winter times, I would have a lot more like or bone broth. Versus in the summer, I I would have less of that.、Um, another thing is like I always drink lukewarm or hot water. I never have ice water. Yes,、yeah, same.、Like、Unless it's like really hot in the summertime. Um, because your stomach likes warming things, and ice water doesn't help your digestion. I also find that just smoothies, like smoothies in the summer, they're great. But it's crazy because you can have these like lukewarm smoothies, like leaning more towards the fall and then the winter. But then transitioning that over to say a savory soup, and then really finding. Comfort in like root starches, like just like those root veggies, or like sweet potatoes. Mentally, it's already yeah. I it, love yeah.、Yes. I love root vegetables. It makes such a difference. Oh, I'll I'll add one more thing that I just thought of. Like I'm not a huge salad person. I like things cooked. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I yeah, like I think salads definitely have more nutrition. You know, sometimes, but I think you know, for your gut health, cooked food is actually much better for you than raw vegetables. A lot more easier to digest. Like, let things simmer,、um, but don't cook it too hard because yeah, going back to like the nutrients, you don't want to you know deplete the food that you're working with. And I heard something interesting where some people. When they're making, when they're cooking with vegetables, they kind of start with the order that they're grown in. So it's like, say with like the seeds, it's、oh, wow. the ether, and then the the roots are representative of the earth. And you have like stems and chalks, which are water, um, and then even even flowers. When it comes to flowers, like their air, and so you kind of layer your dish like that, and you really work with the food like that. That's another really interesting thing that I'm looking into. 
That's interesting. That is interesting. I can see why you layer that in a way that because if it's like a root or a seed, it takes longer to cook, yeah. like a bean or something, because it's so hard. Versus like a flower or a leaf, it doesn't require a lot of timing to for cooking. So to me, that makes sense in that like technicality.、Uh, Yeah, I just I love the alchemy of it, and then it brings the elements into play, and it's yeah, it's entirely reflective of where that element was in its life, and yeah, and it's kind of a respect to what we're sourcing from Mother Earth. How has this process worked with your intuition and gut? Where would you say? It has built upon this connection with yourself. That's like a million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> um,、uh, I think you know, like, I mean, this is just for me. It's something that I am constantly working on and trying to figure out. Like, it's self discovery and also self improvement, and it's figuring out a process where, okay, how much of the cheat. This brand is part of who I am versus how much of it it's about. That's something huge, much bigger than who I am. So it's a a a work in progress, if you will, figuring out that balance. I really like that because it's even that balance of finding that thing that like really gets you out of bed in the morning. But then when you ask someone. What they do or who they are, they immediately relate that to their work, and yeah, I just I just love that you kind of expressed it in a way that this is where I am, but it speaks to a broader spectrum as well. Yeah, and also, I, and I think at the end of the day, it's not about me. Like this brand, the chi is not about me at all. It's about it's about we. We more people and much bigger than me as a person. It, it's about like collectively, you know, like women in general. How can we better nourish ourselves? And having a different narrative around what does it mean to nourish ourselves? Is it, um, um, is it a, you know, many and pay? Is it, um, because I think everybody's different. You know, is it a face mask? And I think there's a time and place for all of those things, but just like having a conversation, a open sort of very honest place to talk about different ways we can nourish ourselves or better take care of ourselves, or having alternatives or options.、Uh, before we go, I would love to have an example of a time in your life where. It was guts versus logic, and you went with your gut.、Mm, it's basically actually the name. Q I G means life energy. It's actually a very, very old and popular name in many different cultures in the East.、Qi、um, means life force or life energy, and there is this huge philosophy around. Everything has chi. Everything has life energy, or li- everything has life force. And what we do, cultivate that. How to cultivate your chi?、Um, yeah. So this name is pretty,、uh, pretty traditional, if you 
will. And I thought about many different things, what we can call it. But honestly, I kind of just really wanted to honor something that was very, that has a, like a really, really long legacy. So that was something I went with my gut. So we'll see how, how that goes. And what did you want the, the packaging to say? Like upon a consumer's first glimpse of the product, what do you want it to like spring out and say to them? I think when we were doing brainstorming, we said we wanted to be warm. Um, we wanted to be simple and elegant. And we wanted to... Yeah, I think those were three very big things. Simple, elegant, and warm. This is Lisa Lee, Guts and Glory, signing off. This was The Chi with Lisa Lee. Refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest. Share your thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or again touch to be featured on the podcast. Released every other Monday, thanks for lending us an ear. Passing on the mic.